to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Okay, now. Uh, during the week, I started a topic called the seven spirits of God from Revelations 5 verse 6. And if the last time you were here was Sunday, but never attended either online or physically, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a bit of Friday, then you might have no idea what I'm talking about. So John says, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent into all the earth. Now, if you read it from the Amplified, it says, The sevenfold Holy Spirit. Now, this does not entail that there are seven Holy Spirits. Okay? It doesn't entail that there are seven Holy Spirits. What this simply means is that there's a sevenfold, uh, there's a sevenfold way in which the Holy Spirit manifests his personality. And I gave you a very simple example of myself, right? Uh, in Tamandani and I have met before just to write songs. That day when we meet, then we've met as musicians. I think the best we wrote was Christmas song, right? The, the first one we wrote should have been, uh, wait. Um, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. You never change. Na, 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 na. You are the I am that I am. Right Now, I've given that example because Tabandani and I can relate in the context of music because we talk about it. So it's a side of me that he knows. Now, if somebody else met me today and has no idea that I'm into music, then we are limited in how we can interact because they don't know the music side. Maybe let's say they only know the preaching side. On the other hand, I give another example of the fact that I'm using myself as an example because I'm an easy target, you all know me. The fact that I've done development studies both at undergrad and master's level. So what that means is if somebody knows that I'm not just a pastor but I'm a developmental analyst, there's a way we can there's a way they can approach me over such matters which another person who doesn't know may not be able to approach me. 
In a similar way, if you only know one side of the Holy Spirit and don't know the other ones, then your relationship with Him will be limited. It will be limited to falling down and getting up. That's all you know. If you don't know that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom, if you don't know that He's the Spirit of knowledge, if you don't know about the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, if you don't know about the Spirit of the fear of the Lord, you will fall down, get up, and go drink. I'm serious. Haven't you heard... I've had people asking me, how come this person speaks in tongues, but the insults that come out of their mouth, there's a side of the Holy Spirit they've not known. And the interesting thing is this, the more you know him, the more you become like him, because you're transformed more into his likeness. So there's a sevenfold manifestation of his personality. And you can see that with everybody here as well. I'm sure there's some people who just know you as that workmate, or who just know you as that fellow student, if only they knew what you carry inside of you, they would want to talk to you every day. Okay, so let's look at Isaiah chapter number 11 and verse 2, so that we count the sevenfold Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 verse 2, talking about Jesus, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. So number one is what? Number one? And I already taught on the Spirit of the Lord, I think, during the Zoom meeting on Thursday. The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of... I've seen you. We've made eye contact. (laughs) Everyone is looking at themselves like, is it me? (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of dominion. Notice that whenever the Spirit of the Lord is described in the Bible, when He comes upon you, it's for assignment. When he comes upon you, you can arrest an audience. When he comes upon you, he can move you. Uh, last night, yesterday, I had a busy day. I had a really, really, really busy day. And I was getting home really, really late. And what I thought to myself is, sleep so you're fresh for service. So I thought, let me speak in tongues for a minute or two. All three. Before you know it, you're checking 0144. Next thing you find, you realize you fall asleep speaking in tongues. You start dreaming you're speaking in tongues. And then you wake up speaking in tongues. Have you ever, who's ever had such an experience? Like you literally fall asleep praying in tongues. In your dream, you're praying in tongues. And then you wake up praying in tongues. I'm not just talking about in the spiritual. Um, I don't know if my my mom would bear me witness. Who remembers that day when the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I prayed, I think, from morning to 17. I couldn't stop. Like from, I I would like that every day. But but it's like there was this influence. And from morning to 17, it was just, it has only happened to me once, though. Once. There are other days. (laughs) Five minutes later. Or maybe during 100 minutes of prayer. <laughs> you check the time, there are still 40 more minutes. <laughs> and the prayer warriors are saying, everyone stand up! <laughs> and you start feeling your back. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it's for dominion. You'll notice there's a way you can take charge even of your body. But you can also take charge of environments. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he mentions the things he was anointed to do. And so you normally experience the manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord when you are 
positioning yourself to do what God has anointed you to do. So if today you are to position yourself to say, you know what, by the end of this week I need to cast out demons. There is a way the Spirit of the Lord will arrest you. Praise God. Okay. Then that's number one. Number two, spirit of wisdom. And we explained this on Friday. And what we explained about the spirit of wisdom is that you can see the Greek word Sophia, normally used for wisdom, right? And we explained that Sophia has to do with divine insight, if you're using it in the context of divine wisdom. It's where you've got an insight into reality. So you've got an insight into the realities of the word of God. And then we um, also quoted, and for Sophia you can find it in almost all the verses that talk about wisdom. For example, in Ephesians 1 verse 16, 17, when he says that the Lord God would grant unto you the spirit of Sophia and Apocalypsis. Okay, spirit of wisdom and revelation. If you are lost, say, Holy Ghost, find me. <laughs> so, the spirit of wisdom, when there's another Greek word for wisdom, which I love, it's called phronesis. You find that in Luke chapter number 1, right? Is it Luke 1 verse 17? Let me see if that's the one. The one that talks about the wisdom of the just. The Greek word there is the phronesis of the just. Is it Luke one seventeen? Can I see it? It says he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Talking about Jesus. No, that's talking about John, right? To turn the hearts of fathers to children and, to the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. The Greek word there is to the phronesis of the just. Now, that level of wisdom is when you come to a place where you think what you're supposed to think, say what you're supposed to say, do what you're supposed to do. It, it becomes, a, it's like a mindset. It becomes automatic. You always find yourself doing the right thing, saying the right thing, going to the right places, being found at the right place at the right time. It's a divine wisdom of God. And that's what God wants to grant to you today. Praise God. And if you've been operating in a measure, I want you to know you can operate in its fullness. Then the third one is the spirit of understanding. And we talked about the spirit of understanding. Now, the spirit of understanding is where it, it gets practical. It's where you have, how can I put it? It's one thing to have knowledge, but when you come to a place of understanding, it's a higher level of, um, in education, if any of you has done education, have you noticed that we have different... I've done education as well, by the way. Now, in education, we've got different ways of measuring how a person has caught it. We've got a way we measure uh, the way a person has caught emotional knowledge, the way a person has caught uh, theoretical knowledge, and the way a person has caught practical knowledge. All three have got different levels. Now... When you come to a place of understanding, there is a way you are able to interact with the knowledge that you have got. And there is a way you are able to actually actualize it. Okay? And it's like driving. There is only so much the theories can do. There is only so much the guidelines and the wisdom can do. There is a place where you understand how a car works. You it, I don't know, you, you can't explain it, but you understand when you're supposed to hit the brake for you not to hit the car over that side when you're at the speed of 100, and when you're supposed to hit it when you're at the speed of 40. It's like there are people who drive at 100 here. K, 
Can you be driving at the right speed? Not at no, let me go actualize pastor's example. And then understanding, according to the scriptures, bring, compels you to do what you know. I'll say that again. Understanding compels you to do what you know. Once you understand that one plus one is two, you are compelled to always say it's two. I don't know if you're getting my point. Let me use that example one more time. Hopefully it will help. Do you know what happened to you the day you understood that one plus one was two? Do you know that your life changed? Are you aware that the way you spend changed the day you realized one plus one was two? Because it meant 100 plus 100 was 200. So now when you are the 200 quarter, you are not going to get just everything which is worth 500 quarter because you understand maths. It's different if you were to go shopping with a baby, a kid who does not understand the value of what's in your pocket compared to the value of a kadoli, one kado, or one katoi car over there and they are crying for it and it's written... Eight nine nine, <laughs> and and that day you went to shop right with two zero zero, and you had an entire grocery list of bread and what else do people buy? Butter and sugar and cooking oil and all those necessities. And somebody is crying for something worth eight nine nine. Now, because you've got understanding, you're not going to fill your trolley with stuff with so many thousands, and then you go there and say, uh, because it's money, it will buy. You have understanding of how money works. So understanding leads you to a place where you're more you're practical. That's why you notice wisdom, understanding, knowledge, they go together. Have you observed that? Haven't you seen in the scriptures where it says, I filled him with wisdom, understanding and knowledge that he can design artistic things. You've seen that in Exodus, right? Praise God. So very quickly, let's look at the other four. I'll look at the spirit of counsel last because I'll focus. I just want to touch the rest a little bit. Let's start with the spirit of knowledge. Spirit of knowledge. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. Ephesians 1 and verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Praise God. I would like to advise that if you're praying for someone, try to have a prayer point. Eh? There are others who you are told, please remember me in your prayers. <laughs> and so you're going to pray and you say, Father, I remember Elijah. <laughs> and where, for me, what I do is I usually have some specific things I pray about. And then I also submit myself to the ministry of the Holy Ghost in the context of praying in tongues. So I'll have a focus of somebody I'm praying for. And then I have an understanding that one common weakness is that we don't always know what to pray for. But the Spirit of God maketh intercession through groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Okay? So Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And I've remembered this very well because I was praying this for you uh, this morning around 1. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
Now, I want you to understand something, and I would advise you to go to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. If you go to my podcast channel, the very first sermon at the bottom, there are over 130, 40, maybe 50 sermons, but the very first sermon at the bottom should be, if it's not the first, then it's the second. But I did describe in detail some different types of knowledge. But you observe that Paul prayed for the church of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, revelation is simply when a mystery becomes known to you. So it's knowledge of the divine. It's when a mystery becomes known to you. Knowledge that was hidden from others becoming known to you. And Paul prayed for the church to have this. How many of us have ever maybe watched someone speak or heard someone pray and then we've observed that eh, the way that person knows scripture because one of the most common questions I'm asked is apostle like what's your strategy for memorizing verses I don't have one I'll be very honest with you I don't have one I don't I, I don't remember the last time I sat down and did my right eye like this I said now let me memorize this but I noticed something though I noticed that Scriptures that I have meditated on the most and scriptures that I have interacted with the most are the ones I've usually become one with. And so I find it very easy to say them when I need them. That's one. Number two, I've also noticed the spirit of wisdom manifesting in such a way that if today I'm asked a very random question by, some, by someone, somehow... The exact verse I need to remember at that moment, I'll remember it. The exact one. Like, you know the exact verse to quote. You know the exact scripture to go to. You know the exact message to say. And that's available for everyone. If you remember one of David's mighty men, the guy used his sword so much in a battle that his sword became attached to his hand. And we are told that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So imagine you became so one with the word. So one with the word. That there are certain verses, there are certain scriptures that are just you. Praise God. Revelation is important. Do you know that there are people who have shaken the world simply because they had one revelation? One revelation. I was studying some time back. I'm sure you've studied some of those materials. Has anyone ever read the book, uh, God's Generals? How some succeeded, how some failed? Have you noticed that the majority, you find they had one revelation? For example, Alexander Dowie, he had the revelation of, is it Acts 10.38? And then the revelation he had was that sickness was an oppression of the devil. And the guy started doing crazy miracles because he had one revelation of scripture. The difference between a person with revelation and a person who doesn't have it can be huge. I'll give him as an example. What happened to him was this. There was a pandemic. It should have been in Australia. And Alexander Darwin was a pastor in Australia. And he, was, he kept on losing members of his congregation. So he kept on going to... Like he kept on being called to like pray for them for them to die properly. There are people who do that. Like to escort them. And so, one of the days, a Christian doctor calls him, because one of his members was about to go. 
And when that happened, he reached, and the doctor laughed and said, like I was looking at the person in terrible sickness, and laughed and said, God works in mysterious ways, eh? And then it hit him. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So he recognized sickness as an oppression of the devil. And he said no. And that day he refused for that member to go. Now, somebody would ask, did everyone he prayed for live? I feel like that's the wrong question. Do you know why I say so? I'll give you an example of myself. I've prayed for so many people who've not been well and they've recovered. There are some I've prayed for and they've not recovered. But the fact is, there's clearly a difference that has been made in the world by one person having a revelation of divine health. How much more if a thousand more people caught that revelation? How much more if a thousand more people caught that revelation? There's something about revelation knowledge. It gives you something to hold on to. Um... Some years ago, I was reading a book. I was reading the book, God's Generals Healing Evangelists. And I read about F.F. Bosworth. I read about... uh, Who else is in that edition? No, I think Catherine is in the other one. So, I read about F.F. Bosworth. It focused mainly on those. I think there was Cerello. Lester Sanro and such people. And, by the way, recently, today I was reading about, yesterday actually, uh, yesterday, I, I was reading on how Pentecostalism came to Zambia. And I read about a certain man who apparently, I've just forgotten his name, you know Zambian names, but he caught it so much that when he couldn't attend to people, he would pray for stones. And the stones had enough intelligence when put on people that demons were leaving them. And I'll remember his name and I'll say it to you. I'll remember his name. Because I'm reading a book called From Azusa to Zambia, where they're showing the history of how... So I'm just in the first pages and I've already seen that. But I'm just saying there's something about a person who catches a revelation. It changes their life, I tell you. So I was reading that book, God's Generals Healing Evangelists. And one night, while reading it, I hadn't yet finished. I was reading on Dr. Oral Roberts by then. I remember that very well. I'd reached Oral Roberts. And I'd read a testimony for Oral Roberts where... Um, a woman brought her son and I think the son never had a bone or something like that in the leg. And so she brought the son to Oral Roberts and said, please lay hands on him. And Oral said, I don't think I have enough faith for this one. And she said, just lay hands, I'll have the faith. (laughs) There is something she caught. There is something she caught. And I went to bed that night there's a bone issue being corrected right now. I'm 100% sure. God, I feel like I'm about to explode. I can't move. There's a bone issue being corrected. 
There's a certain anointing I usually see when I'm about to preach. And I wasn't sensing it today. Then God told me to come when you start speaking. I sense it strongly. When I was reading that book, that night I had a vision. And in that vision, I saw... I don't know if I saw him clearly or not, but I knew I was in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And there are some words he said to me which I can't share. Because we're very private. But there's one part which I can share. I'm actually paraphrasing it so that you don't hear the private part. But he said, and he was talking about sickness. He was like, it's never my will. If you've been for the conferences or even just heard the testimonies we hear here, there's a reason why the healings happen very frequently in our meetings. Usually, it's not just that, oh, when you're a lot, then there'll be a lot of healings. It's not, they don't work like that. It's a manifestation of something that was encountered. And so, okay, I need to teach God it properly. I think God it, I just spoke it as a phrase. One of my greatest challenges, actually, and one of the greatest challenges that we have is to guard a revelation, especially when you have certain experiences that tell you otherwise. So I can give you an example. If you want to guard the revelation of the healing ministry, when you go to funerals, become deaf. Some of the stuff they preach there can suck all the faith out of you. Even the faith of the mustard seed that you had remained with. You go somewhere and they are telling you it can happen to you anytime. And that's why when we don't understand the situation, don't preach about it. Go before God to pray for revelation. So, the spirit of knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I would want you to go back to the sermon I taught because you observe that there are different dimensions of knowledge. There is head knowledge, scientific knowledge, but there is also heart knowledge, revelation knowledge. It's where you know beyond knowing. And I can give you one verse for that. Ephesians chapter number 3, and I want you to give me verse 16. And the Bible says that he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory, and we'll come back to this verse, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Next verse. That Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded, and that you being rooted, <laughs> you being rooted and grounded in love, uh-huh, may be able to comprehend, that is, may be able to catalambano, like to grab it. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. Imagine this. You come to a place where you can actually know what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Go on. Of the love of Christ which passes knowledge. He's saying to know the love which passes knowledge. So there's a knowledge beyond knowledge. It's, 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 it's a stronger knowing. It's accurate. It's exact. And let me show you one of its, one of its effects. Uh, Philemon 1 verse 6. Give it to me from the King James. Philemon verse 6 actually. Since it's just one chapter. That the sharing of your faith. King James please. It says that the communication of your faith 
may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The word used again there for knowledge is epignosis. So what that means is this. There is a way you communicate your faith better when you've got revelation knowledge. So if you've got revelation knowledge, let's say, of the love of God, you, when you just come and say, God loves you, the impact of that one line might even be more than 15 books that somebody has read simply because you had it with a revelation. So your words, they, they are not empty. They carry something. They carry life. They carry power. When I was in uh, first year, my first ever assignment at Onza, I got 38%. It touched me so much. That's why I still remember it. And that's also one of the reasons why I help people who, when they just go to university. Um, the reason I got 38% is because I never understood referencing. It was taught, but I never understood it in the sense that I felt, hey, I'm Frederick. I've got my own ideas. Why should I write about Karl Marx's? So I never, I just wrote very brilliant ideas. Probably even the same ideas the other guys had, or better. But then because I wasn't fighting well, because I wasn't giving them a source, the strength of those ideas was made to be lower. In the same way, somebody can have an, a God loves everyone from head knowledge. Another one has a God loves everyone from revelation. The key in that essence is not in the contents, it's in the source. And the source will have a certain level of strength. Praise God. So the spirit of knowledge. Somebody say the spirit of knowledge. Very quickly, the spirit of might. Now, if you want to start, if you want to learn the spirit of might, I would want you to go to the book of Judges in your own time. And I would want you to read about a certain gentleman named Samson. And do you know that the spirit of might can manifest even in the physical realm when necessary? Are you aware of that? I have an uncle. He explained something to me. And uh, there was a time when he was in Bible school. And when he was in Bible school, he was given money to go buy groceries for the Bible school, for his fellow Bible school students. And so while, while he was in town, some gentlemen decided to rob him. And so they stopped him to get his stuff. He was like, I don't know what came over me. He put everything down, grabbed one, grabbed another, and the other one ran. <laughs> the spirit of might. Eh? This one functions very well with the spirit of the Lord. How many of you have heard of Brother Yan? When I was in Bible school, I was given uh, my, my book report assignment was to write a book report on Brother Yan. I think the book is entitled The Heavenly Man, right? And that details the life of Brother Yan, a certain uh, missionary. He's, I think he's now based in Germany, but he was brought up in China. He got born again in China. And under the totalitarian government, he... He was arrested several times. It was almost common for him to be arrested. But the last arrest was the one which was bad because he tried to escape and so he jumped off a window and so his legs were crippled. And when he was in prison, he wasn't eating because I think he was depressed or something and 
everything was just going wrong. But then he had a vision. And God told him, walk out. So he stood up and said, walk in. And he walked, he walked. Hold on. Like he walked past the security, walked, and just walked and left. And till date, in the, if you check the records, it is recorded uh, after investigation in China. What they recorded is that he had no human assistance in how he escaped. And it, it, it was an embarrassment for them. Because he didn't just escape the prison, he escaped the country. <laughs> with no passport. Went to Myanmar first, and then now he's in Germany as a missionary. Crazy things happen, people of God. I just think... You know why I share these stories with you? I think we've limited our experience with God. We've limited just how far we can go. We've limited how much He can do. And that's why I was happy when I was hearing the testimonies, because the next level is where we're not just receiving, but we are doing. The spirit of might. It manifests a lot in spiritual warfare. It manifests a lot in spiritual warfare. Where you can fight off the enemy. The Bible is very clear in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 10. What does it say? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word for might is dunamis. It's, it's like, my goodness, like you're ready to explode. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Spirit of might causes you to be strong. Can I have the verse, please? Ephesians 6.10. I just want to see something. And I can tell you story after story. It's, it, 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 it manifests in dunamis. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Uh-huh. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Continue. And it tells us what we don't wrestle, what we wrestle, what we wrestle against. It says we actually wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And I've come to realize that every level, there are devils you have to fight. It's a fact. Next verse. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Notice this. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. <laughs> the next verse will start with stand. <laughs> like, it keeps you standing. This one is not for falling down and getting up. It keeps you standing. The spirit of might. Spirit of might. There's someone here. I won't mention their name. I hope the story won't give them away. If it gives them away, don't worry. It's not a bad story. They had been blowing up around Africa, but hadn't really hit global stage. I remember one day praying, and God tells me, pray for them that ABCD works out. Some things in the background. Now, interestingly, there's a speech they gave that made them hit global stage. But what people may not know is the day before, it should be the actual day, I was about to travel. You don't mind, eh? Okay, I've been given the signal. So I was about to travel that day. It's not obvious, is it? It's not at all. 
You have no idea, not so. You see, he has no idea. So anyways, I was conversating a little bit. How is it going that side? Though in another country, I was in another, I wasn't in Zambia that day. I was in another country. And I was about to travel to Zambia, actually. So I had to wake up really early. And the meetings had finished very late. I think I was only released to go to my room at maybe half past midnight. Then, can we give them a name? What name can we give them? Okay. <laughs> so we'll give them the name uh, Batasha. Because <laughs> I need syllables. So we'll give them the name Batasha. And then, I'm, and it's like half past midnight, so I'm supposed to sleep. And so I'm about to like doze off. And then I just, I don't know what terrified me. But you know God can give you, it says he can terrify you with dreams. And he just brought up like, Batasha! Like that. No resemblance to the actual name. <laughs> and then immediately went into some serious spiritual warfare. And I could tell. Later on was speaking and almost in similar times someone was about to be attacked physically but somebody else came at that moment and shielded them from the attackers. That's a manifestation of the spirit of might. Because it's it, almost at the exact moment. Now imagine what would happen if we have the whole church alert. Where <laughs> when we are coming to meet, everyone woke up with a, this one, Batasha, this one, <laughs> Balama, this one, <laughs> Bora. <laughs> and then this one, Brace. And then Maybe God gave us different areas to pray for each of them. Can you imagine the testimonies we'll be hearing? <laughs> Who's ever sensed the spirit of might? And the spirit of might, you're like, where is that devil? You start looking for the devil. Like, like, like come on, if you had devil enough, where you at, man? Where you at? You think the spirit of, the, of might will allow you to just be saying like, ah, come in the ass in our family, it's just like this. My sister had a leg ache and then she was in a way. The other one also had a leg ache. The other one had a leg ache. So even me, this leg ache you've seen. Hey! Spirit of might! <laughs> you say, no, 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 no! I just haven't done all the stunts. It causes you to stand. Spirit of might. You don't take no for an answer. It's got stamina. It's, 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 it's. And for believers, it's in the inner man. The Apostle Paul said it. He said, bodily exercise profiteth little. So do, do this. Exercise, there is profit in it. But there is something about exercising yourself spiritually. One of the worst things you would want is to be like a serious mpeta on the outside. I don't on the inside. <laughs> the demons are like, who is this one? That's why some of us have just said to withhold it. Because I just don't want people to... 
Praise God. You know what? If we met Samson, now this is, if we met Samson, I wouldn't be shocked to find he didn't have a very huge body. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't be shocked. Uh, trust me, you'd be surprised. You might find the guy was like a small guy. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think they would be asking where is the source of his strength. I, I think something wasn't correlating. I wouldn't be surprised. Something probably wasn't correlating. Fortunately, he told Delilah. <laughs> but Satan is dumb. The whole lot of them were dumb. They left their hair to keep growing. <laughs> And the hair began to grow again. <laughs> Deal with them. Very quickly. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. Go back to uh, Isaiah 11, verse 2. I want you to see, at the end it says, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And verse 3 tells us something very important. It says his delight is in the fear of the Lord. You notice that's where his main delight is. We can see this delight expressed in Luke chapter 10. And I want you to see verse uh, 17. Let's go to verse 17. It's interesting that of all of them, his delight first is in the fear of the Lord. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So don't worry, you're not the only one who's excited. And you say, out. And the person goes. So when people fall, secretly, even when a Peter is to get excited, okay? So you're not the only one. And observe, the 70 returned with joy. So they all came, now there will be joy, be joy. And Jesus was like, ah, what's the party about? And they're saying, in there, they were all casting devils. The other one's like, I just did my finger like this. The other one is like, you even did your finger. <laughs> Before I could think of doing my finger, it was already out. <laughs> you should hear some ministers' interactions before. You have to be careful who you interact with. Some people can belittle your testimonies. <laughs> After you tell someone, I prayed for someone for 10, you even prayed for 10 minutes. <laughs> Me. <laughs> When I just walked in the room, all the headaches left. The other one, you even had to walk. <laughs> when I was in the parking lot. The other one, you even reached the meeting. Me, when I just uploaded the poster. <laughs> Everyone got healed in advance. <laughs> you even uploaded the poster. <laughs> I hear it's like that in every area of life. There are some people who can make... Like you've worked hard for that 70%. You used to be a 50% student. You've now at least migrated 70. <laughs> and then in that moment, it's not like they don't know you got 70. They ah, 70s. <laughs> no, please, encourage them. Tell them you're doing better. Okay? <laughs> but just to add balance. And then there are others who are intimidated by success. They always want to be little because they are little. So they want it to be at their level. Those are also not very... Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? 
And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then they just cast out demons. Him, the level he had reached. <laughs> he literally saw Satan fall. And then he says, Behold, I give you exousia. The Greek word there is exousia. I think we use it in the believer's authority. And one way we can see that is, have you observed how they can be huge trucks, but a police officer goes, very small, as long as they're in the right uniform, with a white glove, and they do this. The truck driver will have to stop. Why? Authority. And if the truck driver decides not to stop, there are weapons of their warfare, <laughs> which are there to subjugate those who are being rebellious. So you find there are four cars parked this side, which will follow that car. That's authority. So he says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, not some of it, not a few of it, not sometimes, it says all the power of the enemy. And then the promise with that is nothing shall by any means hurt you. Don't be afraid to cast out demons that know they will enter me. Don't have that mindset. And then he says, nevertheless, this is how you see his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord puts you at a balance because you take pleasure in the fact that first God is pleased with you. That first God is happy with you. That God is present in your life. How the fear of the Lord works, you have this holy reverence for God. There are certain things it will cause you not to do. I'll give you an example. You know you're extremely late for church. You reach. Service is going on. And you start catwalking to your seat. Like, and you know your shoes are like really loud. And you're like, you know that's lack of reverence. And then afterwards, you take five trips outside to tell someone, I'm in church. Don't go. You, you can't cut the line and just send a text, I'm in church. No, think about this. Imagine how disrespectful I would be to you if I was answering every call I receive when I'm preaching. You think people don't call me when I'm preaching? People call me when I'm preaching, you'd be shocked. I don't even, I've never understood how. I get calls when I'm preaching. Or text, Pastor, are you busy? I'm very serious. But do you know what the Spirit of the Lord does to you? There is a reverence. There is a reverence. And it's manifested even in how you take the service. I can tell, listen, there is no way we're in a moment of worship and you're the only one like this. Who do you think you are? No, honestly speaking, like, are you that, you're that big? You're that big. No, you're not that important that no let me say this and you can quote me on this no honestly in the context of worship you are not that important that when god's eyes are on the service he should be beholding one person who was just doing this no that's not the kind of that's not the offering we want to give to god don't be the only stranger in jerusalem no, ladies and gentlemen, there's a reverence we must have. And you know, the fear of the Lord causes you to have reverence in everything. Yeah. 
Let me give you another example. I'm just giving you small examples of what I observed once the fear of the Lord stayed increasing. One of the things I observed, I couldn't litter in church. No, after service, we're walking by your seats. Here we're finding Joe Biscuit. Here we're finding... (laughs) I hear that's a trending one. (laughs) On the floor, all over. What do you take church for? No, think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, the fear of the Lord, it, 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 give, it lets you have a certain reverence for service. That's why when there's a prophetic word being given, possess your vessel. Even if you're sensing a tongue, hold it. Because at that moment, what's needed is for the word to be clear for everyone. By you enjoying yourself in the Lord, you might be blocking someone from hearing a prophetic word. The fear of the Lord, it, it brings about... The right way of living. The right way of living. As righteous as you are, you should be found patterning the clubs. Doing what? As righteous as you are. As godly as you are. It brings a certain... Like this... You know what I mean. It brings that... And that's why it's a message that not everyone likes. Because it challenges you. It brings you to a certain level of accountability. It's the fear of the Lord that will keep you away from certain things. You'll be thinking, these eyes of the Spirit can't be watching that. You'll be thinking, I need to protect the integrity of this hope that God has called me for. God is always proving His faithfulness to me. I need to now show my faithfulness to Him. If anyone ever sat next to you in church... And they want to start chatting with you about how was football, how was this, how was that. Not in church. Not during service. It's not the right moment. So if you've done that before, stop. Why have we gone quiet? <laughs> okay, so that's how the fear of the Lord works. It, it, it really makes you honor spiritual things. For me, it's the fear of the Lord that stopped me from entering useless debates with people. Because Jesus said you can't cast precious pearls to, to pigs. Like some, some people are not... No, honestly. Someone has come and their, their aim is just to ridicule your faith. And you sit there debating. No, you watch this video. The other one, no, you... Ah, have no time for that. This stuff is too holy. Somebody say glory to God. So, do you see how balanced a believer is if they have the fear of the Lord? Think about this. Here I am. I'm walking in might and power. Might and power. And because of what I'm walking in, people are coming and are being vulnerable. Imagine what would happen if someone didn't have the fear of the Lord. That's why you hear funny stories of people taking advantage of others. It's because they can walk in might. They don't walk in the fear of the Lord. They've got no one to fear. They've got no one to present themselves to. And that's why once we have the fear of the Lord in place, we are very balanced believers. Okay? Before coming to preach, I don't know how many times I asked God. I was saying, Lord, and by the way, I know it's become automatic. It's the way I usually communicate with him. I'm like, I know I've prepared this message, but if you want, you do know these are your people. You can just swing me whichever direction I'll go in it. 
because I'm not going to take this lightly. You guys are too important. Jesus died on the cross for you. It's, it's, it's no. No. <laughs> that area. It's also one of the reasons why you can't come to me and start gossiping. That pastor, this, that pastor. Just leave, like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't involve myself in other people's business. It's not necessary. I don't. I don't. And I've never made it, let's say, my ministry to start. If I know certain things, I'll take time to pray about it. If it's somebody I can reach, where I have to address, with all honor I will. Someone I can't reach, the God who called them, he will know how to handle it. Have I had to advise someone against maybe association with someone? Yes, I've done it before privately. Just, okay, so, the fear of the Lord. Why has everyone gone so quiet? What time is cell? What time does cell start? 8, 8.15. But generally we're supposed to be here in service Eight and then eight fifteen cell and the like. If you've never attended cell, why? Like what's actually the reason? Why don't you attend cell? I want you to think about this. If Jesus was your cell leader, would you miss cell? The day before whim, um, two days before whim, I two or three. There's something I was interacting with my man of God about. And he said, I need to see you and share something with you. Organize the rest. And suggested day. So I, I, of course, I knew who the rest were. Because I know like I'm able to tell when it's a meeting for five, a meeting for 15, a meeting for 30. So I knew. Um, and I quickly called all of them. And we all agreed that it would be best the next week. That's after the conference. And so I sent a message and I requested that any day we would be given the next week would be okay. So that day I hadn't gotten a response. So the day before when I sent another one so that I could find out which day and time. I remember it very well because I was at um, Pastor Daniel's house. He had asked to see me. His mother actually was around and she had asked to see me. She wanted us to pray together. And the text came back saying, I'll see you today. My wife can bear witness. I stopped everything I was doing. Appetite gone. <laughs> How unnatural organized the rest. And we were there. Because as far as I was concerned, it was an, an appointment with God. And I'm not going to postpone God. Ladies and gentlemen, the stuff I learned in those hours would take me for years. Like I've, I've, I'm still yet to sit and actually share with anyone 
what I learned because it's, I'm still thinking about it. The stuff I learned. The stuff I learned. And of course, the first thing he told me is I've been, told me I've been writing these notes or something like that for about eight years. And in a moment, now what would have happened had I not reverenced that interaction? The same cell meeting you have at 8.15. Someone, that might be the day they hear the counsel of God extensively because of how much they've reverenced it. If all you've reverenced are my sermons, what if the specific counsel for God for you that day is not in my sermon? It would just bless you, build your life. But what if the specific counsel for you was in the cell meeting? What if the specific counsel for you was in the first prayer point of intercession? What if your specific counsel is in the men's meeting? What if it's in the women's meeting? What if the specific counsel for you is those messages you skip scrolling in the teaching group? Because there are too many. There are like 52. That's after you've read 200 statuses that day on WhatsApp only. Let's not mention Instagram. You had time for those 200 statuses. And you've gone to Z gossip. And you've read all the latest. You know what's happening with who, with who, in whose marriage, in whose what, in, you know, who's in sales, who's not, and all those things. You're laughing. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know who's what, you know who's what. And you couldn't read 15 sentence teaching. What if that's where your word was? That's what the fear of the Lord would do to you, to train you to reverence what's spiritual. What if it's because, what if for you, your word was in the testimony that was shared today? What if that's what the counsel of God was for you? Once the fear of the Lord comes in, what will happen is services will be electric. They'll be so electric. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about the spirit of counsel. Um, I'll decide after this. Either we'll talk about it, I'll probably have an online meeting to talk about it. Okay, let's do this. What's planned for sale next week? Here's what we'll do. Next week during sale, I'll teach on the spirit of counsel. What do you think? Except I'll handle it like a cell meeting, meaning there will be questions allowed. Okay. And I think I have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so next week during cell. So, buses and the like. I don't know who inconveniences who, the bus or the people. But try to be early. Next week during cell, we'll talk about the spirit of counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to find out in a minute... I don't have that much time today, so in a minute, I would like to ask, is there anyone here who is not yet born again? By this I mean, is your name written in the book of life? Are you able to rejoice, like Jesus said, rejoice because your names are in the book of life? Are you able to have that level of rejoicing? 
If the Lord Jesus came today, are you making it or is it negotiable? If it's negotiable, we need to do something about it. I don't know if you're hearing my point. There is a difference between a plane and a bus. A bus, you can negotiate your way in. A plane, you have to have a ticket before you enter. And if you've noticed, our going is called a flight. If you don't have a ticket, you're not going. Have you secured your ticket? Is your name written in the book of life? That's a burden that I have every week. And one of the ways you can tell, by the way, is how you live. It's very easy to tell. On the inside, if you're born again, you know it. If you're not, you know it. So if you'd like to join us in the kingdom of God, I want to give you a minute to do that. Raise your hand and do it quickly. Okay, I want you to say after me. Firstly, I'm very proud of you and this decision you've made. It's wonderful, okay? What you're going to receive today, no one will take away from you. Lift your hands and say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh, you died, you are buried, and you rose again. I confess you as Lord. Amen. Hold on. There's a, there's a cheek that the Lord is working on. That healing comes now. There's a cheek, specific somewhere like on the cheek region. That healing comes now. Now receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Spirit of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that 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 you're experiencing. That's the Holy Ghost. Receive Him. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I sense Him strong. You guys just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take it! Take! You know what? May the Lord just launch you in. Just launch you in. Just launch you in. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.